Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. The Pope and Young Club wants to welcome you as we rally together to ensure our bow hunting opportunities for today and tomorrow. You've come to the podcast that believes in preserving, protecting, and promoting the passion for bow hunting. Join us as we strive to be the voice of today's bow hunter. This is the Pope and Young Podcast. Hello, Facebook. Welcome to the Pope and Young Podcast. Today, I've got my co I'm Jason Roundsville. I've got my co host, Dylan Ray, with me today, and we have special guest. Frank Noska. Frank, welcome to the Pope and Young Podcast. Glad to be here. Thanks, Jason. This is this is our first ever live feed video Facebook podcast. So we're breaking a lot of rules right now. Okay. A lot. Yeah. <laughs> and and we're glad to have you. We're here in Reno. We're at the panel. These guys have been measuring the top animals killed in the last couple of years for the last two days. You would not believe some of the trophies that are here. And Frank, how many do you here have here at panel this year? I got two invited this year, and so I got I got one here. Oh, you got I brought, one. I one. Okay. I had two invited. And so, which ones did you have invited? I had a uh, mountain caribou, velvet invited, and then this uh, stone sheep here invited. Okay. In front of us. And where's the caribou? Uh, I wasn't able to bring it this time. Okay. Maybe I'll bring it next time. All right, yeah. that works. So tell us about this guy right here, the stone sheep. Um, I've never had the chance to chase these things, but I've heard some amazing stories. Tell us a little bit about this guy right here. Okay, I'll tell you a little bit about that hunt. I killed that ram two years ago in my home. I killed that ram uh, two years ago in my home state of Alaska. Um, it's my second fanon slash stone sheep that I've killed in Alaska. I've kind of been zeroing in on them the last few years. There are not a whole lot of them in the, in the state at all to, to begin with. and. Uh, to find legal ones, it's even more difficult, and then to be, kill them with a bow is even another. That adds a whole nother layer. Whole yeah. nother level. But anyway, I uh, a couple of years ago I was in an in an area where I found them before, and I killed one that was a little smaller than this. But uh, um, once again, I flew my plane in the Super Cub in that I have in Alaska, and uh, it was a you know 
super long hike, a um, couple day hike from the airplane to get to where I wanted to start hunting. So this is not your average road hunt no, the, is what you know, you're, you're saying. No, okay. Like you, like I was telling you earlier, you can't road hunt sheep. In you're, you're not road hunting sheep. All right. I just wanted to clear that up for everybody out there. No, there's no roads around anywhere. Okay. <laughs> anyway, uh, I uh, made a stock to, um, I, I could see some rams real far away with my binoculars. I couldn't really tell what they were, but I could tell they were mature rams from, from you know, miles away. But it took me a couple of days to get there. Right. I had to backpack. And was it a pretty good group? or what's it? it was probably four rams, four or five rams okay. in this one group. And I knew there were a couple of dandies in there. I just couldn't, you know, I didn't know exactly how big, but I knew they were, right. were nice rams. Anyway, it took me a couple of days to get there. Um, I had to cross a couple pretty big rivers, and, you know, and then it'd get dark, and I had to, you know, throw up my camp, you know, throw right. up my little tent, spend the night the next day. So it took me a couple of days to get there. And then I had to crawl up, had to climb a mountain and get all the way up over the top of one mountain into a basin where these rams were. And uh, and I, they were right where I'd seen them two days before, you know. Really? The two days I was hiking to get to them, I couldn't see them, you know, because I was, once I saw them and I started the hike, I was down into the brush and okay. the river. So I didn't see them for a couple of days. But once I got to where I thought they would be, they were right where I I'd seen them two days before. And now is I, that is that pretty standard that they do they not typically move a bunch like during a they don't move a, a lot that they stay in a pretty you okay. know close area when you see them that's kind of a good thing about a sheep if you if you if you find them and you and you're patient and you wait which that's how I've killed all my sheep with a bow I mean you have to have patience because you can't just run in there and uh, when the, when the, when it's not right because once you bump yep. them then then they're gone forever they're gone. You know? okay so you got to wait but they will stay in one spot for. For, for for quite a while, you know, nice. where you can where you can plan your stock. But anyway, I, I got in on these four rams and, and found them and started working in on them. They weren't in a very good place to uh, to to kill them, so I had to kind of wait. And I kept throughout the day, I was working my way closer and closer. Well, long story short, I did not get within bow range of those four rams, and they ended up. I ended up. They sensed me. I don't know if they uh, saw movement or if they winded me, but I spooked those four rams and they crawled up out of the mountain out so, of my life forever so three days two river crossings <laughs> <laughs> how close did you get before that oh probably 200 yards so 200 yeah. yards so three days two river crossings <laughs> and 200 yards and you're out of the game yeah you that's, know you just want to cry you know but you, there's nothing you can do it's bow hunting right that's bow hunting that's sacrifice right so, there so i uh, put everything in my backpack and uh and started hiking back to my to my tent <laughs> and i was got up over the top of the mountain i could see my tent below me and uh, I was I was only probably five six hundred yards from the tent, and then I seen two more white spots, you know, two more rams yeah. right there, down there close to my tent, and it ended up being this ram nice. that I didn't even know was there. You know, that's that's pretty good for a consolation ram. Yeah, I'd it's say. a consolation ram. And uh, I was wearing whites. A lot of times when I'm hunting sheep, I, I'll put whites on, you know, for camp, so they don't spook as much. So they, okay. when they see you from a distance, they think you're a sheep or a goat, and you know, not a, not a person or a bear or a wolf. So anyway, yeah, just that's how you know if you keep trying and you don't give up, that's how hunting is, right? You know, that's, this this ram just showed up right there. He came, he was living in the trees. That's why I didn't know he was there, you know. And I wow. So then I then the hunt was on for this ram, and it took me about hmm, I think about three days to get this ram killed because it, I couldn't uh, once again, you know, it wasn't in the perfect spot. Now with a rifle, I could have shot him, you know, pretty quick. But right, you know, I was camping just up above him, about three or four hundred yards. And uh, he would come out with a real small ram every day and feed. And I, I watched him for two days do this and kind of pattern the ram. Okay. And uh, moved down into where I, he had basically was, was coming out and feeding in this in this um, 
between in this draw between the, the trees he was coming out and feeding in the grass and uh i just got in there and, and picked my spot to where he wasn't coming out the exact place every day you know but right. i just have to kind of take the average and, and try to outguess him right there you go and i did and i got in there and set up and uh he ended up coming out i saw the little one first that evening which was exciting because uh um, I knew he, the big one was going to He's on his way. Yeah. Yep. And I seen the little one, and then here comes the big one. And it was just like they were on a string. He just fed right into me. And I, I shot this ram at like less than 15 yards. He did, and he didn't even know I was there. So it's See, unbelievable. You hear about that. And, I, and I've never been on a sheep hunt, but you hear about sheep hunts. And you hear about, you know, climbing these peaks and, and dropping down into a valley. And you're one, one peak off. So then, you know, you're only 200 yards from where you want to be. But you have to go down 6,500 feet and up 6,500 feet yeah. to get that. And it may not yards. even be, may not even be uh, physically uh, able to do it. Right, there right. Be cliffs and everything, you know, it may not even be possible sometimes. Yeah. So you think of this sheep hunt and you think of the territory that that involves sheep hunts, and then all of a sudden, oh yeah, I shot him at 15 yards. Yeah. That's, but that don't happen too often, you know. It's just you know, it's a lot of time, a lot of days on yeah. the mountain, a lot of hunting. Maybe yeah. a little experience coming into play there. A little experience, but yeah. a lot of luck too. There's a lot of luck. You just got to, you know, stay in the game. That's absolutely. You got to stay in the game. But yeah, yeah, that was that was uh, pretty so darn exciting. Interject real quick. Uh, talk louder for Facebook. Okay. Okay. Um, and also, I want to make mention to everybody on Facebook uh, that if you have any questions for Frank, drop them in the comments, and we'll ask him right here on on the video. So. Okay. So if anybody has questions, they can just type them in, and all right, we'll try to talk louder. I don't have a problem with that, typically. <laughs> so, all right. Anyway, so how many sheep have you been in on? Tell us about some of your other sheep stories. Um, I've killed, uh, I guess I've killed seven in Alaska. No, I've killed nine, seven, I think seven in Alaska. And then I've killed other ones, you know, in some Rocky Mountain okay. bighorns and, and other ones in other parts of North America. But, you know, the dolls and the fannins there at home where I live, which is the reason I moved to Alaska 20 years ago, is to be able to do this on my own. I remember you, know? you talking so, about that. Is Where can I live that provides me the most opportunity to go bow hunting? Exactly. And that's why Frank Noska lives in Alaska. Right, exactly. Yeah, that was the best move I ever made about 20 years ago. So Excellent. And so since you moved to Alaska, what do you think, what's your favorite thing to hunt? Well, people ask me that all the time, and it's a pretty difficult one for me to answer because it's pretty much whatever one I'm hunting for at the time. Right. I mean, we got lots of big game animals in Alaska, and, um, I, you know, I do – it is very rewarding to kill a, a sheep and to kill a goat in Alaska with a bow just because of the – usually, the you know, they're the most extreme a lot of times with right. the mountains, just like we were talking about. But, I mean, you know, bear all the bears that we have, we have brown bears, grizzly bears, black bears. Okay. I mean, we've got uh, – Lots of lots of animals in Alaska. Lots like of animals in Alaska. I mean, I caribou and moose and black-tailed deer, and um, it's so hard to pick one of them. Yeah. So in a standard year, how many how many different species are you chasing in a year? Uh, at least half a dozen. Half a dozen, maybe yeah. maybe eight or nine. You know, in the North America for sure. That's pretty exciting. Yeah. So, and have you done? I know. COVID put a kibosh on a lot of stuff, but uh, what was your last international trip? Um, I was down in Mexico in January hunt, hunting cows deer. Okay. That's my, one of my normal hunts that I uh, look forward to every year because it's a great place to go in January. Yes. When you live in Alaska. So I've been going down there for many years now and spending most of the month of January down there in, in Mexico hunting cows deer in Sonora. So I was just down there um, 
just got back the end of January. So. Okay, you know, and a lot of the a lot of the really hardcore guys that that we have at Pope and Young, it's they all have great stories about hunting those down there. They oh, yeah. they just enjoy the heck out of it. Oh yeah. Jason, That's, we got a comment here. Somebody wants you to go into in depth of who you are and just give an introduction to yourself. Somebody else comments and said, arguably the greatest bow hunter alive. So. <laughs> oh, I'm not okay. The so <laughs> so a couple comments here. Number one, uh, ask Frank for for a little background, and for those of you who don't know. Uh, Frank Nosk, why don't you tell us a little uh, res go a little resume here? Um, I'm 53 years old. I was born and raised in Texas. That's where I started bow hunting and uh, started hunting whitetails, like a lot of people start, right? Start out with whitetails, and uh, learned how to bow hunt in Texas, hunting whitetails, turkeys, javelinas, and so forth, and uh, then expanded out west, hunting all the other western species, you know. Antelope was my next one. Nice. My first Pope and Young animal was an antelope. You know, That's I've got a lot of Pope and Youngs now, as you know. Yes, a lot. Yeah. Do you know how many? Oh, I think about uh, over 170. Over, <laughs> you know, give or take 170. Yeah. <laughs> but I remember the first Pope and Young animal was a, was a pronghorn was, antelope in Wyoming. So. And it's that way for a lot of people. You hear a lot of people tell that story. That, oh, my first ever PNY was a, yeah. was a pronghorn. And uh, and then I just expanded my bow hunting horizons and kept picking up you know new species okay. and learning and and uh meeting people and and uh you know just uh hunting more and more species all in, in the lower 48 and then like i said 20 years ago i had the chance to move to alaska and uh, and did it and um and then uh have been hunting up there you know for the last 20 years i still hunt down the lower 48 yeah. right? and uh i've kind of um that's my that's my resume, okay. Guess, and then and tell us how you got started with Pope and Young. What was the the factor that brought you to P and Y? Well, I mean, when I started that first Pope and Young animal I killed, and uh, which was a big feat for me back then. Oh you know? yeah. And then uh, and then I started killing, you know, started killing a few more Pope and Young animals and taking them into a measure there in Texas, in okay. North Texas, and uh, having them measured. And uh, I was always I was always interested in the uh, measuring process, right? You know, okay. not, not only did I like finding them and killing them with my bow. I, I, you like the measuring part. I like part. the way the okay. scoring worked, you know. So in that uh, in that measure, Tommy Carruthers is the one that kind of, he was my, the guy that measured my animals for me in Texas. And so, you know, he could tell that I was interested. So he, he showed me and he kind of took me under his arm a little bit and uh, and taught me about measuring. And, and uh, he was a Boone and Crockett measurer too. And uh, and we allow that. Yeah. You know? And uh, so I got, uh, I became a measurer, you know. That's okay. What, and, then, uh, and then just, just you know the conservation aspect of Pope and Young, and 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 Pope and Young represents all the bow hunters in North America. I mean, it's just a, it's a it's a no brainer. I mean, it's a natural fit. I mean, so I've it just is. been yeah. you know I'm at home with Pope and Young, and I'm just you know. That's good. And, uh, now is this your second panel? It's my second. panel. Okay. My second. One. First one was Omaha, yeah, and that man. was that was my first panel, and and I've got to say, um, yeah, I've got some friends that are that are Pope and Young guys from, from home there in Oregon. And I got around the panel measuring and it is, you know, cause if you're just in the hunting community, even if you're not, you know, shooting, you know, record book animals, you still have your, you know, buddy on the kitchen table. Oh, I know how to score a buck. Oh yeah. And so they're stretching the tape and, <laughs> and then you come to panel and you start looking at the way these guys do. And it, it is not the same. Oh, yeah. It is definitely these not These the guys same. at panel, they wrote the book. They I mean, some of these guys literally wrote, wrote, the wrote the book and, and, and made rules and, and, and solve problems that, uh, yes. you know, so that's, what's neat about being a panel. 
But Adam, uh, Adam Kramer wanted me to mention that you're one of the nicest guys ever, too. Uh, thanks, Adam. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it, how about me? <laughs> Adam, do you know me? <laughs> um, Maybe he does know you. That's not what guys Oh, like that's <laughs> You know, we need to get Dylan a microphone, I think, because he's uh, it's, it's a one-sided conversation. But I have the microphone, so I win. That's, yeah. You can say whatever you want. Yeah. Um, so, so second panel, and then what of all the things that uh, that you've seen measured here? I mean, what which ones do you like to, to do the most? I mean, I, there's this this white tail over here they're doing in the other side of the room oh, yeah. that is just crazy, and I, I think it took somebody yesterday five hours. It takes three or four guys, three guys, five, or six five hours, hours yeah. to measure this thing, and and I might be short on that. No, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. Second crew's on it today, and it's. You just look at that, and I'm like, I don't even know how you'd start it. It's, it's right. just crazy. But what's your, what are some of your favorite to measure? Um, I like measuring sheep. I like measuring the animals that I hunt the most, which are okay. all Alaska which animals. Pretty much know. everything. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, you know, I'm always uh, attracted to whitetails. You know, because I okay. still like to hunt whitetails. I still hunt Kansas a lot for big whitetails. Okay. So we've got all the biggest whitetail here, whitetails here from the last record. You know, for the last two years. Okay. I like to get my hands on them. Um, yeah, just all these animals are. Uh, um very you know um need to get your hands on and look at because these are the, the top animals in the last two years killed in north america oh, so yeah. I mean, this is at the top of the top and even at the convention that we're going to have in july i mean that's one of the favorite things about the conventions that i like is the animal display oh it's huge you know because i mean you're looking at the cream of the crop and i mean it's just uh it's just very impressive to walk around and look at these big moose and the big caribou yes. and all the deer species and the bears and yeah, it's uh, you're it's walking in. You walk into a huge ballroom, and there is literally wall-to-wall -wall trophies. And these aren't just trophies, but these are some of the you know, in some cases, some of the biggest animals ever taken with a bow. Yeah, I mean, last world records, yeah, yeah. Last year we had I think six world records that we recognized in Omaha, right? Which is, you know, there's 29 species. We're having six big game or six world records at one big game. Uh, it just blows my mind right. that the trophy hunting, because you always, oh, the good old days. You know what? The good old days are right now. Exactly. So get out there. Get off the couch and, and grab your bow and get out there. I totally agree. So now what was, we know a pronghorn was your first one, and how many species do you have in the book? Um, well, I've got, uh, well, I've, I think there's only two of the species that I don't have. Okay. Of all, you know, and one of them's a Central Barangon caribou, and the other one's Quebec Labrador caribou. Which that one's really tough to get you can't right even now. Get a Quebec Labrador, exactly. You know? So, uh, so um, yeah, that's the only one I, that I have that doesn't make Pope and Young out of the out of all the um, species that I have. Okay. So now, you, have you harvested both of those? Just didn't make Pope and Young. Or? Correct. I have. Yeah. I've so harvested you, a few of them. You know. So you've gotten all twenty nine species. You just need a couple more for the book. Right. No, well, I, and that's, I've gotten uh, all the species twice. You know, I've done the Super okay. Slam twice. So, wow. um, and I'm, I'm still on my first Super Slam. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I don't know if I'll get those other two species or not. It's not really a priority to me. Okay. I'm, I'm actually, now I'm working towards the third Super Slam. So I'll kind of put that on my bucket list. So, so I had a couple people that, uh, that uh, wanted me to go that route when I killed the second one because I had a lot of animals already, um, you know, already for the third you know i had right. a half a third already or more than a third so <laughs> oh, yeah you know yeah out in the garage whatever so you know, so, on your third? Uh, i need only 10 more animals for my third you know ten more. i only need 10 more you know so what was the last one you got for your second uh the last one i got for my second was a roosevelt elk in Oregon. okay 
Yeah. That's my area. That's your That's country. right in my backyard. Yeah, they're not easy. They're one of the hardest ones to get with a boa, poking yeah. on Roosevelt Elk. And people don't realize how big those things are right. until you're in the bottom of a canyon looking up and wondering how you're going to get that big old thing out of there. Right. You better have some yeah. uh, good friends. Good buddies. Good yeah. friends. When... You should have just called Jason. <laughs> yeah. See, that's what usually happens. I'm, they don't call me at the beginning of the hunt. I get the call at the, like at the end of the hunt. Hey, man, we got this thing down. What are you doing for he the probably, next two days? He probably would have said he's in Chatfield or something, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. even if he was there. Yeah, I'm traveling. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? And then you, you know, turn over and turn the TV off or whatever. <laughs> So yeah, those are big creatures, and they're they're fun. And it's you know for me, it's it, we don't have the same you know variety as Alaska. But growing up in Oregon, you know we had this. Hey, blacktails are literally running through my yard. You know, Roosevelt elk are, are just down the, yeah just yeah. down the road. You want a uh, you know a mule deer? It's two hours that way. Rocky Mountain elk is a couple hours over here, and and so we had a lot of stuff that was that was fairly close and it's interesting because a lot of folks you know even some of our board members and and guys that have done a bunch it's it's some of those west coast the roosevelts and the blacktails that are some of the last ones that they wind yeah. up yeah roosevelt on. is one of the hardest one of the, of the 29 to get i yeah. tell people you know it definitely is you know there's a lot of them like you said we are but getting an arrow in one and one that'll make pope and young for sure is is pretty difficult yeah well and some of the stuff they live in is so thick you can't get an arrow through it right so uh, and they're not as vocal as american elk you know yeah. they, don't, they don't call in as good and yeah it's uh jason it might be a good time to mention um today at 4 p.m central our montana dream raffle close we're launching another one monday tell us about that one. yeah so we have a uh, couple of things just a little shameless plug our montana dream raffle that one tickets go through today so if you don't have tickets for that get them uh, our good friend john fossil and jack creek preserve hooked us up with some amazing hunts a, a trophy elk hunt a really good spring bear hunt and uh, third prize is a lifetime pope and young membership so definitely grab your tickets for that and drawing for that will be monday and monday we're kicking off the exotic dream raffle we have a argentina dove hunt we have a new zealand red stag hunt we have a what is the other one we have Okay, there's. I know there's a red stag. I know there's a dove hunt, and and we've got another one on there that. I, oh, we've got an African safari. You ever want to go to Africa? Here's your chance. And I've been. You should go. And what would be even better than going to Africa is going for free. So check it out. You want to look at that, and uh, those will be up available Monday. And Jason, you know, I said this in our live video earlier. You hear people. Most winners comment and say, or comment to me and say, I bought one ticket. Or yeah, I bought two tickets, and now I'm going on a dream hunt for 200 bucks. Yeah, I it's mean, somebody's got to win. Absolutely, somebody wins them all, and it's it's great. The last couple times, and I get a kick. Sometimes I get to call the winners, and say, "Hey, this is Jason from Pope and Young. <laughs> I just want to let you know that you just won this magnificent hunt." They don't believe it. They don't. A, they don't believe it, and and everybody says this. Oh, I never win anything. <laughs> yeah. You know. And and it's they it's really nice when they get really excited like that. Now, I know the Montana hunt's a great hunt because I know oh. people that personally hunted. A personal friend of mine in Alaska, uh, Paul Ferrucci, hunted that. Oh hunt yeah, the fossil and had a great hunt. 
I think he's in one of the pictures of the advertising okay. at the time. You know, he killed a really nice elk. And, uh, well, John, not only did he let us come in for a week, he he actually gave up his personal week. He he cherry picks the best week every the best year. Bugle week. And and that's the week that you get to go hunt, staying in his personal cabin. I mean, this is you talk about once in a lifetime experience. If you want to win something, you can't buy because you can't go. You, there's no way to get in there on his week unless right. you win this hunt. Right. So and there's no guarantees you're going to kill, but if there's if you get it as any close as you could get, I would say this hunt would be. This it. is a good. I, everybody I've talked to that's even been around that is just. So its praises so we're excited and once again john uh if you're out there thank you for for a wonderful donation we sure appreciate exactly. it thank you so what was um so roosevelt was your last elk hunt where where do you do most of your elk hunting i don't do a whole lot of elk hunting because i'm up in alaska you know and all the good elk hunting is in the third week of september okay of september looks like we we're just talking about you right know? And there's a lot of hunts up in alaska that happen that same time so um, here at panel, um, I'm, you know, the last couple of days measuring these animals, I'm talking to my friends from Arizona, and, and they're, they're yeah. all about to come out today. And, and uh, I've got lots of uh, preference points and stuff for those states, and it's just uh, I'll, I'll hunt them one of these days. And I, yeah. I, you know, I've got some nice elk, but they're not – I don't do it every year because I would rather go shoot sheep. I can shoot oh, yeah. at the same time, and I can shoot goats and – and brown bears and all that at the same time so it's hard you can't be yeah. the same you can't be in two places at one time no so. and, and for a lot of people elk are like the you know that's the big big deal but i guess if you're in alaska why travel to shoot elk if you can just go shoot sheep instead or a grizzly yeah. or a grizzly yeah, yeah. i got a question yeah. in here for yeah you. we got a question uh, make sure and talk louder first foremost okay, okay. secondly uh how many states have you hunted um, and the question was how many states have you hunted frank that's a good question. I, I I know one state I hadn't because I was talking to one of the measures from Utah, and I have not hunted Utah yet. That I that I can I have not hunted Utah, but I think I've hunted all the other western states. Not not Washington, but uh, California, Oregon, all okay. the western states, um, um, and a lot of the midwestern states for whitetails. But uh, I hadn't hunted all the fifty states. You know, not not up in the northeast or or down in Florida or nothing. Just mostly we're the western big game animals are and so forth so what what state is on your bucket list what's the next one you can't wait to get to well i got my bow up in the room right now i'm trying to go mountain lion hunting in a couple oh, days really? yeah. okay yeah if, if the weather cooperate i was going to try to go what well, since i came all the way down from alaska i was trying to uh pair it up and kill might two as birds well one stone, might right? as well hunt. this is one yeah. of the 10 animals i need right so that's but uh, i don't know it doesn't look like the weather's cooperating out in wyoming so uh i may not go hunting if it doesn't snow okay. out there so but uh I like that. Well, I, I'm on a plane. I might as well go hunting. So I got that's, my bow in the room. So. That's, you know what? That's how you get three super slams yeah. right there. It's uh, Everybody else is like, oh, I'm thinking about hunting. No, this guy just brings his bow on the plane just in case yeah. the weather works. Yeah, I got my, my warm weather gear and my boots and all that. I love it. Up in the room. I love it. Let me just make a note, too. Um, I got an email a while back about the Pope and Young Club and the people who make up the Pope and Young Club. And it's guys like this that make up who the Pope and Young Club is. They're here on panel, but they're also hunters. We are bow hunters. I mean, we all yeah. bow hunt. So um, you're, the Pope and Young Club is made up of bow hunters, just like Frank himself. Um, so that, that's oh, yeah. the kind of guys we like. I, I can't even, yeah, the people that bow hunt that aren't a member of Pope and Young Club, I just never can understand it. You know, maybe they just don't know about it. And yeah. when I when I cross paths with them, I definitely uh, try to get them on board and get them yeah. to join because, I mean, it's a, it's just a – it's a no-brainer, you know, because this, like, just like you said, we're bow hunters, and, and well, it is, and we have to support the club. And this is this is the club for the bow hunters in North America, and 
and uh, it's just like a big, it's like a big um, fraternity, you know. It's just, it is. It's, it's a, you know, we all know each other, it's, and it's uh, we don't all know each other, but you know what I mean. It is, it's and it's a small world, and that's just, you show up and and you sit down, and and it's like, oh, how how are you doing? Nice to me, and and they're just everyday guys that just happen to love to go shoot stuff with a bow and arrow, and yeah. you know, you're sitting there, and oh, hi, nice to meet you. Who are you? Yo, I'm Jason. Who are you? Oh, I'm Jack Frost. Yeah, the Jack Frost, you know, and it's uh, for me, you know, a, a Oregon boy. I, I came in to panel and and uh, we've got Larry D. Jones here. And yeah, I've been Larry watching too. Larry for years oh, yeah. and years on on videos and and how to call elk tapes and things like that. So and uh, just super nice people and and you know what they love to talk about is hunting. Just bull hunting. Yeah, I'd rather be doing this podcast than over there measuring animals. I'm telling you. Yeah. I mean, I like to measure. And don't it's, get me wrong. I'm glad to be on the records committee, but uh, yeah, <laughs> talk about hunting. Absolutely. And we're all like that. You know. It's also your hunters that that get around. Um, you know, I could tell anybody I'm from Wellington, Kansas, they're like, what? Where the heck is that at? But you tell bow hunters, they're like, I hunt by there every year. I <laughs> yeah. Every year. Don't they really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's it's amazing how many of them. Oh, I hunt just up yeah. the road from there. Yeah. yeah. I think I, I literally met a guy, and, and my town is 6,000 people, more cows than people. And uh, one of the guys here at panel said, I've got a lease. Two miles from your house. Right. Yeah. Really? You probably know the yeah. farmer. Yeah. I did. Yeah. I did. He showed me on a map. Oh, yeah. And I told him, and I said, dude, I have a lease right here. I mean, it was just a mile from him. Yeah. And I'm like, man, who would have known? Yeah. yeah. That's what's so neat about Pope and Young is, is the is the networking that we yeah. do. Yes. The networking. That's how we kill the different animals and they're successful on hunts. It's just people are so willing to share and help yeah. out. Because we got people from all over North America. We got, you know. Me from Alaska and the, yep. the Alaska group of guys, and you got people in Florida, you got people in Arizona yeah. and Utah. All the states are covered, you know, and we all have our specialties, and we all are um, willing to share. You yep, know? and everybody's good about that. Speaking of sharing, I know in Omaha you did a presentation for us at at convention. I did. From what I understand, I know uh, Virginia. Yeah, I think you had a conflict, which Virginia got canceled anyway. But uh, I heard a rumor. I don't know if it's true. Maybe you can confirm that that you've agreed to do another presentation. Yeah, I for heard us. the rumor today too. You heard that rumor? Yeah, I heard the okay. rumors. No, yeah. no, I think that I think we're going to do that again. Okay, so. that'd be great. It's so. Uh, is that going to be a, a DIY Alaska? I'm not super sure. Okay, uh, it's whatever you want. You know, hey. there'll be Alaska hunting and maybe some. Yeah, we'll you know figure out exactly what Heather wants us to do. Or and it was interesting because last time that was my first convention. So so. As we were setting up the breakout rooms, I'm like, okay, why does this breakout room have 30 seats and that one has 250 <laughs> seats? And they're like, oh, Frank will fill that thing. And there was standing room only really? in, in your deal. Yeah. yeah I, I was going to go listen to part of it. And I poked my head in it. Everybody's yeah. lying in the walls. And I'm like, okay, I better get back to work. But no, <laughs> well, we I'm appreciate that. I'm excited to do that. that again. I'm excited to do that again. It's good. And people like to hear it. I mean, we've got so many different. Uh, different really high quality uh, folks that know what they're doing when it comes to these these opportunities to to discuss things you know whether it's diy in alaska i know john fossil jackery he was going to do a hunting dangerous game with a bow that's his favorite thing he likes to go chase lions and bears he told and us that on a podcast. He's yeah like, i want it to be able to kill me yeah, yeah. i want it to kill me yeah yeah it's another level yeah 
it's so it's we we've just we've got some uh, some of our corporate partners have people coming in to do some presentations we on backpacking. Having, we might be having a, a, a tree harness presentation, which would be really tree, cool. That'd be cool. Um, we just we're actually in Reno at the Nugget right now doing panel, and we just figured out today how we can incorporate indoor shooting lanes. So all of our corporate partners um, that have bows, you know, we've got Gearhead, we've got Hoyt, we've got Expedition, and, and uh, all of our corporate partners there. We're gonna have a spot where you can come to the convention and you can shoot one of their bows and try it out right here in line. Frank's wearing so. a hat trying to get Matthews to go. Is it Matthews, are they a corporate partner? I'm not sure, you're gonna have to You know what, Dylan, are they a corporate partner? We'll make sure they are if they're not. Would we be, would we be willing to have Matthews come on? I think we will. I think we, we should tag them. You and think say, very many hey, people have heard of Matthews? I've heard of Matthews. Yeah. 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 So um, so we're excited about that. We're going to have an indoor shooting range here for people to try bows out. That'd We've got the best outfitters in the country and beyond, best outfitters in the world um, with trips all over the world. We have uh, some of our corporate partners and vendors. And we're going to have over 100 of these to go around and look at. And they will be all dolled up. We've got the lights. It's, it's going to be ready to go. We're, it's going to be, in addition to all that, it's going to be a pretty decent party. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. just going to be a, a big gathering of bow hunters from all over the country and the Absolutely. world. And, I mean, it's just uh, every I, – I don't think I missed a convention. I think I went to my first convention in 91 in Seattle. Wow. And I, I might have missed one. I had a conflict, but I've been to everyone since 91. That's pretty good. And that's when I joined the club in 91. Was it really? And that's when okay. I met Glenn St. Charles in 91 that's, and all that. So, yeah. And, and, uh, and been, you know, I wouldn't miss a convention for nothing. You know? No. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's a must-do for a bow is. hunter, I think, you know. And um, it's it is it's so neat because you literally you're just sitting there you saw and and the guy you just happen to sit next to they're not pretentious and and unapproachable they're they're literally the the heroes that you've been looking up to for years only now you're just sitting there having a hamburger with them yeah or a cup and of coffee or whatever yeah, yeah it's, it's just a, it was pretty neat no it's a it's a great time looking forward to it yeah and so what other kind of things I know COVID put a lot of things on its ear anything that you've got coming up that you had to reschedule or did it hit you as bad where you do a lot of hunting there close to home? No, it didn't actually hit me very bad at all. You know, you know, I'm an airline pilot, so yes, uh, um, we're, we were essential. We were essential workers, so I kept flying over all okay. over the time, which was kind of nice. So Good. It didn't affect my job at all, and uh, and uh, it didn't really affect any of my hunts. Okay. You know, luckily, that's and, uh, yeah. You're one of the first person, one of the first people we've talked to that right. didn't. I mean, we had some people lost their almost their entire year. Right. And so I like to get up to Alberta. Yeah, Canada's you know. shut down. And, oh, you know. and they don't know if it's going to be open this right. year. And so all of a sudden I'm starting to shake a little bit. <laughs> I don't know if I can miss another year. And, yeah. I, and I know a lot of our outfitter partners can't miss another year. Yeah. These guys need it. I sure hope Canada opens up soon, you know. Yes. Um, we all wanted that to happen. Absolutely. So what uh, after this, what's your next big thing? Uh, just uh, like I said, I was going to try to do a lion hunt before the melt, so cool. snow melts in the yeah. in the west, and, uh, and then it'll be uh, bear hunting in the spring. You know, we we'll do in Alaska. You know, uh, yep. black bears and brown bears too, probably. And then um, I just drew my first ever spring bear tag in Oregon. Hey, congratulations! So be, me and both of my nieces all drew. drew you never tags. you never killed a black bear in your home state yet. Not not no? in the spring. Okay. So that's kind of a new thing and. So I'm excited to do that yeah. and uh, chase them for a bit. So I'll be looking forward to it. that and maybe some turkeys. Oh, yeah. That's coming up. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we have one thing that we do every time, Frank. 
What's that? that we ask. It's the one question we ask every <laughs> single guest. And we put them on the spot. We shine the spotlight right on you. And we say, when you're out and about, because you've obviously hunted all over the world, when you're out and about, what's the one thing that you take in your pack that's maybe a non-traditional item that, that you just can't live without? One thing in my pack that's, um, hmm, that nobody else carries, you think? No, it doesn't have to be that nobody else. Just What's that one thing that's maybe not, you know, everybody has a knife and binoculars, but what's that thing right. that... Well, I carry a little tripod, you know, because I hunt by myself a lot, yeah. and nearly all of my field photos are self-taken. You know? Okay, and you have some good ones too. Everybody, yeah, I spend a lot yeah. of time doing that. You know? Yeah, it takes a long—you only get one chance to take a good field photo, right? You, you know, when you hike three days and do two river crossings <laughs> just to get in a point to to see the animal you're right. after, you might as well take a little extra time to get a picture. minutes and take some pictures. Right? Okay, yeah. so <laughs> you use a now? Do you use like a, a static one or one of the gorilla pod types? What? It's it's a little uh, tripod that that. that the legs twist around, you know, okay. you can, I can twist it on a tree limb or right. I can, you know, you can make it, sometimes I'll tie it on top of my backpack and, and, uh, and use a walking stick to make it like a semi tripod with oh, my yeah. backpack to get the elevation right. So that's one thing I always carry with my camera, okay. you know. I like that. And, uh, and are people you carry that, but. Are you still using a camera? I'm still using a camera, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I still take a camera. I got my iPhone with me, but I carry. I usually take pictures with a camera. Okay, excellent. You know? And uh, that's one thing I carry. And then just all the other, you know, normal stuff that people carry, I guess. Yeah. It's been interesting to see what, what different folks say, you know. Yeah. From, I still think my first one, or my favorite one, was, was bacon. Bacon? I think, yeah. Yeah, I think well, that was Justin Gordon said that on we we talked to him after he got that world record mule deer and, and we asked him the question. He says, you know, when I'm back in there for seven or eight days, he says bacon, and I'm like, that I could get behind. I'll tell you one thing I don't want to forget: earplugs. Earplugs, because <laughs> because of, of I mean, you know because of the wind or some some t- places that I hunt is real stormy or something. Okay, you know, it can blow all the time and Somebody keep you up all night because of snoring. Guys. Yeah, not other yeah. people. Well, other people snore, but sometimes it's yeah. just loud outside. Who else said that? I don't remember who said earplugs, but they said earplugs basically because they're in camp with people that snore, which makes me wonder just a little bit if if one of your things is earplugs while you're hunting by yourself. How loud do you snore? No, I don't know if I snore. I mean, I I think I do a little bit, people say. but uh. First guy I've ever heard that has to wear earplugs to keep waking himself up. Funny earplug story, like on Kodiak, I hunt Kodiak for blacktails every year, you know, and Uh there's two or three of us that do that, and I wear earplugs because of people snoring, you know. Yeah. And then because there's so many big storms on Kodiak where the wind blows and it's raining and it's beating on the tent, you know, and the tent's flapping, so to keep you up all night and so when we wake up in the morning and start making coffee you know we usually have a i usually have a friend that comes I'll, we'll invite somebody and bring some yeah. guest or something and uh they won't have been wearing earplugs you know right. and they'll be talking did you hear the bears outside did you hear all this? <laughs> i'm like i didn't hear nothing because I, I, I don't even want to hear the bears because <laughs> you do hear bears in kodiak but they you know we never have really problems with them around the tent but they right. they will you can hear them walking in the in the creeks yeah. and the lakes and stuff and yeah. you can hear them breathing in it uh yeah. yeah, bow hunters, <laughs> bacon for bears. Yeah, you know, it's uh, see, and that's one of those things. Would you want to hear that if you knew there was a you I know twelve hundred pound bear out there? Would you want to know he was there? Or would you just want to sleep just and hope sleeping. for the best? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's what I want. Yeah. yeah, you ever seen that T-shirt that has a guy in a sleeping bag and it says? People in sleeping bags are like soft tacos to bears. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. So, have you ever had a a run in or a close encounter with a bear? I've had a couple of close encounters. I had one. Um, I don't even think you know about it. I don't even think I've told you about it. But okay. I was I was attacked one time by a bear. Were you? Most people know this, you know. It's okay. Been, it's it's a while. It was a while ago. It was before I killed my had killed. 
It was before I'd killed my first uh, sheep in Alaska. Okay. So it's several years ago, and I was actually on a sheep hunt, and I uh, had wounded a sheep and, and didn't make a real good hit on the sheep, and I was still trying to get the sheep, still trying to harvest the sheep. And uh, I'd ran, kind of ran out of days, and uh, it was before, I don't think I had the sat phone with me. And, uh, but I had, you know, I had the sheep spotted and I was going to come back and get him. I just needed to go to the plane, make a phone call, right. go, go restock, get some food and everything. And anyway, on the way out, walking out after, you know, not getting this ram and I was pretty depressed cause it was, it was going to be my first doll sheep with a bow, you oh, know, wow. it was a pretty dandy yeah. ram too. And I didn't end up, uh, ended up getting him later on. That's a whole nother story. But as I was walking out, I ended up walking up on a sow and a couple cubs really? walking down the mountain. And, uh, and it was pretty, it was pretty surreal experience you know I'll you, bet. Know, you, you can hardly believe it's happening when, it, when it's just yeah. it's like a car wreck or something you know it happens so fast you just wow. can't even believe it's not okay. even like real but luckily she didn't hurt me but she did knock me over and uh, charged me I mean, there's no trees I was up above the tree line coming wow. down a glacier you know in my backpack and no gun yeah. I usually most of the time I don't carry a gun there's not a lot of bears in this area so okay it ain't the spot that you need to carry a gun at so my backpack yeah, was strapped clearly yeah, <laughs> and uh, I'm coming down the glacier, and the wind's in my face, so you know nothing's gonna smell me, right? Because the wind's in my face, and pretty strong wind. And I'm, it's a you know beautiful day, and I'm just coming down the glacier, and I come up over a little rise, and I see the backs of a couple animals, you know, and it's just instinct came in, you know, and it's it's like the only thing that's gonna be up there is sheep or bears, bears. or wolves or something, you know. Right. It ended up being a couple of three bears, like a sow and two cubs. They were up there eating blueberries, you know, it was in the fall. Okay. Blueberries, you know, before they can go into hibernation. And uh, the sow looked at me. She was probably about 40 yards away, and she just, uh, her cubs knew I was there first. She was just busy just eating right? blueberries. You know, they were just like, you know, engr engrossed on eating the blueberries. And, uh, but the, the cubs started getting nervous. I could just tell, you know, cause right. they saw me and then every bears communicate, then the mom knew, you know, the cubs communicated their nervousness yeah. to, the, to the mom. And then she, 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 she leveled her eyes on me and, uh, the I mean, party's here over. She, here, here she comes, comes. mama. And, uh, I, I was carrying an ice axe. I'll use a, a walking stick on some hunts, but I was up in actually glacier country. So I'll use an ice axe, um, it has a auger tip on the end of it, and you know, okay. for for gives you just a lot of stability. It's super safe when you're on, in in, that, in on a glacier or whatever. I mean, if you start to slip and you can dig it into the glacier to right. stop your fall and stuff. So that's what I use for my walking stick, and that's all I had in my hand. And uh, and she's coming, she's coming charging at me, you right. know. And uh, I mean, that's a, I said, well, I got to do something. I just can't stand there, so I just. I use the I put the ice axe just like a baseball bat behind my shoulder, and I'm right-handed, but she was coming this way, so I had to, I had to swing at her left-handed. Oh. I'm not a baseball player anyway, but I thought, I mean, this is all I got, you know. Right. You had to yeah. think fast. And uh, when she lunged at me, and she was about, you know, from me to you, and then I swung at her with the, with that stick, that ice axe. Right. And I hit her. I mean, I I know I hit her, because you know. It, put, it pushed us away, you know. Right. And I fell because of the momentum of her lunging, and uh, and she just was growling and chopping her teeth like they do and, and she did a circle around me and then she got back between her cubs and me right and was doing like i was laying on the ground trying to be as submissive as i could i laid as still as yeah. i could you know but I, kept, I was keeping my eye on her and uh and and she was doing the double take looking at me trying to decide well do i go right do i go do I chop know, this guy chop or this I up just, a little bit more good enough? and then yeah. and she ran off with her cubs you know wow. and at that point i didn't know if she had 
if I, you know, was if my hand was missing or, you know, you right. don't know what happened, yeah. you know, and I kind of did a pat down and she, I just scuffed myself up on the rocks mainly when I fell. Yeah. So I was just, but that was a, that was a pretty hairy experience. And it wasn't like, a yeah. giant bear, you know, seven and a half foot sow or something, you know, oh, but yeah. uh, it's still pretty big bear when That's it's a big bear. At, you know, four feet. Yeah. We got a question. Okay. Here's a question. Are you more weary when you're in bear country now? Are you more weary um, in bird country now? No, I, I, I mean I'm I'm always real alert and everything. That's what I tell people. I mean you can even what I tell people about that. I could have had two or three guns with me, but I wouldn't have had time to even get the gun out. Right. It happened so fast, and I think people get hurt with bears, and you know you just got to use your you just got to um, use the. Um, you know, you got to use your brain and, and not put yourself in those situations, you know, not, not walk in places where, because bears are more scared of people than we are of them. I know people don't realize that, yeah. but most of the, most wildlife is way more afraid of, of humans than we yeah. are of them. And so when they smell you or see you, then, you know, they can't, they can't get out of the way fast enough. So it's just when you, when you uh, spook a sow at close range like yeah. I did then, and or in the brush if you're fishing for salmon or something and you walk right up on a sow and they don't know you're there and it's, you know, at 10 yards and they're going to, it's just an it's just an impulse, you know. They're gonna yeah. jump on you, so I just try to use you know when I'm hunting. I just try to not put myself in, in those situations. You know, I just try to look around and be be yeah. cognizant of your surroundings. Exactly, you know. And then Kodiak, well, I hunt around them every year when I'm hunting deer. You know, and I see yeah. them, and you just go around them. You know, when you're stalking a deer, you know, well, there's a bear down there, yeah. so you just have to do a big a big loop, a around. big circle. And uh, so um, I'm, I'm, you know. Some I do carry guns in Kodiak sometimes. We always have one in camp and stuff right. where the food is and where we bring the deer meat back to and everything. But uh, um, I, I just try to use, I just try to make good judgment calls when I'm out hunting. You know, okay. I'm not. I've just been around them so much, I guess that I just uh, um, I'm just not scared of them. You know, I mean, yeah. I just give I respect them though. I respect them. You know. Yeah. But I'm not. I'm not. I'm not scared of them. Okay. So. Yeah. I've. You know. It was uh, oh a few years ago, and I, I was hunting Idaho, you know, because most a lot of the places I hunt, you know, they're black bears, and and you know you just don't think a whole lot about that, you know. But uh, in Idaho, they they actually recommended you have bear spray or a handgun or something. So, right. so I I think I strapped a Glock to my backpack, but if I'd have needed it, it might have been just a little out of reach. So. Sometimes those bears are more dangerous than the bears in Alaska because they're more acclimated to people. Yeah, and and so they they know people have food and. And they come around, and they're harder to, you know what I mean? They, yeah. They're more aggressive. Yeah, it's not. They, they just have a little more exposure and might not be quite as afraid. Right, as some, right. As bears that don't see people as right. often. So. so. Well, Frank, I, I sure appreciate your, your support. You're a wonderful ambassador for the club and for bow hunting, and we appreciate you taking some time with hey, us today. I appreciate today. that. We've, we've had a lot of fun, and, and, you know, we're here at the Nugget Casino in Reno, we're getting ready for convention. We're measuring these animals. We're going to have some fantastic displays. We're going to have some world-class speakers coming in to do to do some uh, presentations, and we cannot wait for July to get here. Lots that. and lots of bow hunters. So lots of bow hunters. If you had not registered, you need to register pretty fast because it's, it's going to sell out. We for are going to sure. sell out. We're we're still wrestling with the whole how many people can we have in the ballroom and you know we're expecting a thousand people and and if it was tonight i think we'd have 250 so it's we're expecting to sell out across the board um so make sure you do get your tickets early because it's going to be it's going to be you know normally it's it's a not miss event and this year we're going to be the first major outdoor show in almost two years so we're excited about it so 
come see us come see frank and uh, make sure you come up introduce yourself and and shake our hands and exactly. we can't wait to meet you so thanks, thanks for listening thanks for tuning in and uh, we enjoyed you being here thanks hey, so much thanks, Jason.